Welcome to the Grace Point Assembly of God podcast. To find out more about our church, please visit gphixon.com. Now let's get into a powerful message for your life from God's Word. I really feel like I'm supposed to share something with you. I normally wouldn't do this, but I just I just feel that God's leading me to do this. Uh, um, I had um, someone give us a word, Janice and I. Um, she shared it with us just um, about a week ago, and I'm trying. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find this because I, I want to. I want to share it the way that she did, if I can find it. Um, no, that's not it. I can't find it. Janice is trying to find it. But let me just share with you basically what, what was shared with me and Janice. Uh, Sheila Harper was here just a few weeks ago and uh, sharing in the service, and she said that while she was in the service, God gave her a vision of our church and, and where, um, where we were at. Um, and she, you know, she said, now this is just, uh, you know, something for you guys to, to consider. Um, but she said, during worship, I saw in my mind like I was standing on the road looking at your church. And a huge black cloud was hovering over it. And rain, dark gloomy rain, was pouring on your church out of the cloud. And I felt sorry for you guys in the vision because I believed I was being told you guys have been living under this for some time. But then, off in the distance, and I feel the location is significant for some reason, was the brightest, bluest sky. Not a cloud anywhere. And it was moving toward you guys. And I then felt really excited because I knew this tough season was coming to a close. And she says, now I don't know north and south and all of that, so I'm going to try to describe if, if I'm standing on the road looking at the church, let's say I'm at the south, the blue sky was coming from the northwest, which would be this corner of the building out here. Um, she said she doesn't know if that made sense to us or whether we, we related to it, but we both felt very clearly in our minds and hearts that that was from the Lord. Um, and I, I don't know why I'm sharing this with you, because I normally wouldn't, like I said, but, but I just feel like the Lord is wanting to say something to us today. It, it's, it's a time, I believe, where God is wanting to bring new life into this church, to just breathe new life into this church. Um, it's not that we are dead. Amen? It's not that we are in a bad place. It's this that there has been a cloud, there's been a an oppression, if you will, over some things in this church. Because there is absolutely no reason why this church shouldn't be just growing out the doors. Amen? Amen. And, and, I, and I mean that. I mean, there's, there is no, we are positioned in the right, 
primest place on the on Hickson Pike for people to see us where we, we have the most exposure. We've got people coming in. We've got people who love Jesus and are going out and telling others about Jesus. We we've got we've got all the things that should have a church just busting at the seams. And for some reason we haven't. I've got a little bit of a ring going on here. Uh, Levi, if you can see if all of, everything muted up here. Um, so it, it's just we have to get to a place where we are ready to just receive the freedom that God has for us and be praying for that. I believe that we have the authority in Jesus' name to pray against all principalities, powers, uh, that, are, that are coming against us. And we need to spend time in prayer specifically for that. To break the hold of bondage that has been put over this church, the rain cloud, if you will, whatever you want to, to see it as or, 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 or pray it as, God knows what it is. Amen? And we need to be praying that God brings the daylight, brings the, the new life, the new light into this church and into this community. And we want to see God do that in a mighty way in 2020. Amen? Will you pray with me? Will you believe with me? Amen? For God to do that. Hallelujah. Well, today I, I, I do want to give you a message that I believe the Lord put on my heart that says, Behold, the light has come. Boy, it kind of all fits together, doesn't it? Hallelujah. I guess God does know what He's doing, doesn't He, most of the time. All the time. Amen? Well, one of my favorite things about Christmas season is seeing the lights. Now, let me, let me make this clear. The lights on someone else's house. Before my wife sits there and goes, What? <laughs> Okay, I, I want you to understand, because putting them on my house is something I despise. I hate doing that. I don't like putting up lights, and uh, I, but I love to go see them. I love, I love coming in here and seeing the Christmas trees all lit up, and it's just beautiful to see. I love when uh, Andy, one of uh, our, our son's friends, he, he did the full-blown Christmas light uh, extravaganza if you will at his house he had a radio station that you could tune to and sit there and watch the lights programmed to the music and all this stuff i love going and watching those i don't like the crowd i don't like to have i like to have my own viewing of it okay but but anyway uh which we were able to do many times um but i love the lights i love being able to just see the lights but my my point here is this, that, that light is a big part of the whole Christmas story. When we look at the story of Jesus and the story of Christmas, it's all about light. So let's read a couple of scriptures this morning and, and look at how light is so important in this whole Christmas story. First of all, we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah chapter 9, Old Testament prophet. You don't know where that is, just uh, go, go to Psalms and come back a little bit towards the New Testament, okay? Uh, Isaiah chapter 9, one of the major prophets of the Old Testament, verses 2 through 7. 
It says the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden (laughs) and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. Wow, does this speak to what I was talking about just a minute ago? And I hadn't even put the two together before the service this morning. Okay? Verse 5, For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle turmoil and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Verse 6, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Wow, what a wonderful passage of Scripture that is a prophecy, a prophecy of Jesus coming into the world. This portion of Scripture is prophesying about the Messiah, the one that they were looking for, who would come and bring light into the darkness, light into their world, that He would be this wonderful Counselor and Mighty God and all these things to them, but He would be a light that would shine in the dark world that they were living in. Then we go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. I love this portion of Scripture. It's probably one of my favorite portions. John chapter 1 verses 1 through 18. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through Him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, yet the world did not know Him. He came to His own, and His own people did not receive Him. But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now John bore witness about Him and cried out, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because He was before me. For from His fullness we have all received grace upon grace for the law was given through Moses grace and truth came through Jesus Christ 
No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made Him known. Hallelujah. We have now beheld the light. The light has come. Today, I just want to talk to you just a few moments about the great light of God that has come into the world. You know, when, when I looked up on Google the importance of light to human life, this is what it said. Now, I know we can't trust Google on a lot of things, right? But there are some things that we can gather from all the knowledge base that's in there. It says, light is life. Wow. What a great statement. Right there at the very beginning, Google says, light is life. Man, that matches up with the Word of God, doesn't it? We cannot imagine our life without light. It is the most important factor that influenced the way life evolved on earth. From photosynthesis, which is responsible for making food and plants, to the beautiful world we see and to meeting our energy requirements, the sun is pivotal to our life. Wow. Now, we can't live without the S-U-N. But we don't truly have life until we have the S-O-N. Amen? There is a light that is out there in the world and we need it for life. If we don't have light, we don't have life. But there is a Son of God who came, who was the light of the world. And so my first point is this, Jesus is the light the world needs. Jesus is the light the world needs. The Scripture makes it clear that Jesus is the light that has come into the world. And without Jesus, there is darkness. Can you say amen? Oh, come on, you better be... Can you say amen? Without Jesus, there's darkness. You see, darkness is really the very absence of light. Okay? In other words, darkness only exists when light is not present. The reason that we are seeing the darkness grow in our world is because of the removal of light. Jesus is being removed from our homes, our families, our schools, our government, and literally every part of our everyday lives. It's being removed. And what happens when light is removed? Darkness comes in. Now let me demonstrate this. Levi, I need you to help me out here for a second. There's a master slide up there. I just want you to grab that master slide and bring it all the way down. Now when light is removed, darkness comes. Right? Now you notice that there is still light in the room. And that light is enough to where I can see most of you make out images. Some of you I can see your full face, but I can't, I can't fully see you. I can't fully understand who you are. When we have the darkness coming in like it is in our world today, and there's just little bits of light here and there, all of a sudden, our eyes begin to adjust, doesn't it? 
The longer I'm in the dark, the longer that I have the darkness around, the better you can see, can't you? Right? I mean, your eyes begin to adapt and everything begins to change and you get used to the fact that there's not that much light. You can bring it back up, Levi. But immediately when the light comes, we can see clearly. We are living in a world today with less and less light. And unfortunately, I see the world around us and even the church adapting to the lack of light. We're getting used to the fact that it's just darkness. I tell you, it, it, it just amazes me. It was, I was telling Janice the other day, we were, we were at a restaurant and we were talking to the, this one waitress and she was sharing with us some things about wanting to have kids and, and, and all this. And then she tells us that, you know, her fiancé and her, you know, and so she's telling us basically that she's living with somebody, that, you know, it's her fiancé, she's wanting to have kids, but she's not really talking about the marriage part or any of that. And, and I, as she walked, when she walked away, I mean, we, we shared with her and we're, you know, just encouraging her and, and, and everything. But when she walked away, I said, Janice, you know, I said, you think about it. 30 years ago, just 30 years ago, there is no way that that girl would have ever said something like that to us. She would have been ashamed of the fact that she was living in sin. That she was wanting to have a baby, but not really get married. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, and, and I'm not judging her in any way. I'm just saying that this is what has happened. Darkness has been growing and growing and growing because the light has been receding. Because remember, darkness does not exist where there is light. So we can get all upset about this dark world and we can complain about the darkness and how prevalent it is and all this thing. But the problem is, is that if there is darkness growing, it means the light is receding. Jesus is the answer to all the problems in this world. The light who came into this world, the light who shone in this great darkness. Jesus is that light that was brought into the world to shine on hearts and lives, to transform them. And if there's darkness growing, it's because we are not showing the light. Remember, what Isaiah said in verses 6 and 7, he said, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore. 
You see, that is why the Father sent Jesus into this dark world. It's to bring light and hope into a dark, dark world. Without Jesus, there is no hope. Without Jesus, there is no light. As we celebrate Christmas this year, as we remember that Jesus was born as this baby, I I want us to not forget that He came as the light of the world. The light of the world. He came to be our wonderful Counselor. He came to be our mighty God, our everlasting Father. He came to be that Prince of Peace. The one who would reign over all the earth for all time, forevermore. So so when you look at the lights on the Christmas trees and on the houses, not mine, but others, Janice has one little strand that runs down our our stairwell. That's, That's all we got. But we got some light. Hallelujah. But when you look at these things, when you look at these lights, when you just sit there, and and this is one of the things I love to do, is just sit and look at the Christmas tree. Just sit and look at it. And just marvel at the lights and just, you know, all the things that are there. I, I love just sitting and looking at it. But remember what it represents. That Jesus came to be the light of the world. Now, we know that Jesus is the light of the world, but His light can only be displayed through us. So this is the second point today. His light must now shine through us. You see, we have to be the little bulbs on the tree. We have to be the beacons of light in this dark world. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says this. You are the light of the world. Now this is Jesus speaking. This is Jesus telling His disciples, telling the world, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. I don't know about you, but I grew up in, the, in Illinois when I was a kid and And up there, the place is so flat that you can see cities miles and miles and miles away because there's this glow that's up in the sky. And you'd be driving at night and you'd go, what is that up there? And then you'd go, oh, that's that's the town where we're going. And it'd take forever to get there. You'd be like, man, how, how can that be? But it's so flat you can see. And... Jesus is saying here, you are to be like a city set on a hill. Now up in Illinois, if they had a hill, they would have built a city on it. The only hills I know of are the overpasses that they built. I mean, there just aren't any hills up there. But if they did, they'd set that city up there on top of that hill so that you could see it from miles and miles away. And that's what he's talking about. You're you're like a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Because when the lights are on at night, it glows and lights up the whole sky. And people can see it from miles away. He says, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. 
and He gives light to all in the house. You don't put your lights down on the floor behind the chair. Right? I mean, because if you want to see in your house, you're going to put it at the highest place, up, up high so that it shines light everywhere throughout the room. Janice loves light. I like a little light. Janice likes, you know, she grew up with her dad. He, he mounted a fluorescent light right above his chair where he watched TV and had it on all the time. I mean, it was just light. I mean, it was bright light. That just, I, you know, the glare sometimes is just rough on me. But he liked the light. But we need to be like that light that's shining in the darkness that everyone can see. We don't need to put it under a, bu- a, a basket or as I, a little kid put it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. This is a light of mine, right? Remember that? We used to sing that in kids' church and all that. So I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. You see, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus came as the light of the world, but He is no longer dwelling on this earth. We are. Jesus put the light that He had in us and we can now be the light of the world. Jesus came into the world to be the light of the world, but then He gave it to us and put it in us because He said, you are the light of the world. So when you walk into a room, you bring the light. If you are a follower of Christ, when you walk into a room, you bring light. That is, if you are willing to let your light shine. Because Jesus in this passage that I just read, He he says we have the ability to put the light under a bushel or a basket. We have the ability to snuff out the light and hide the light so nobody can see it. But Jesus said, let your light shine before others. Let your light shine before others. This means that we have the ability to allow our light to shine in this dark world. And if we don't, darkness is going to become greater and stronger and more prevalent in our homes, in our communities, in our schools, in our governments, in every place. Darkness is coming because we aren't shining the light of Christ. Because darkness cannot exist where light is. So we have to bring the light, folks. We have to bring the light. If we don't shine the light, then all those around us will remain in the darkness and have absolutely no hope. I don't don't think we fully grasp the responsibility that we have. 
I don't think we fully grasp how important it is that we be the light of Christ in this world. It doesn't mean that we sit around at Christmas time and be obnoxious and try to put other people down and tell them what we hate and what we don't like and what God hates. And it's, it's being a light that is, that is loving and generous and caring and good works. Amen? To, to be there around them and show them that we love them. No matter what. No matter what's going on in their life, no matter how dark their life has become, we love them and we bring the light to them. Amen? We never condone the sin, but we love them right there in it and just show them that we love them and we care for them. It's finding ways to be able to share that. You know, we should display the attributes of Jesus or the fruit of the Spirit. You know, Galatians 5, through 24 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And it doesn't say this, but then show the fruit of the Spirit. We crucify our own desires, our own passions, our own, our own problems. We crucify them and we begin to show the light of Christ through the fruit of the Spirit. This year, I want you to think of ways to let your light shine. To let your light shine before men, before your family, before friends, before people in the community, people at the grocery store. People, when you're shopping, whew, there needs to be some light in those stores. People are crazy out there. That's why I use Amazon. I don't like getting those crowds. But when you are in those crowds, when you are in those places, let your light shine. Show them what the love of Christ is all about. Let them see that in the midst of all their chaos, there is the Prince of Peace who has your life. And that you don't have to enter into that madness. That you have the Prince of Peace and you are the light of the world. Here's some things that you can do. Take the initiative to pray a prayer with your family. You know, a lot of you will get together with family and and friends, and I tell you, I'm going to brag on somebody. Denise Johnson, when when they had their Thanksgiving meal here at the church and they had their whole family down here, I started to go up and grab the pulpit from up here because Denise started preaching a message. She had the kids together. She had the grandkids together. She had the family together. And she wasn't going to waste that moment to share with them about the light of Jesus and how thankful she was for her family, for health, for all those things. And she began to just share with them from her heart how much she loved them and how much she loved Jesus. Folks, 
these times, these times at Christmas and, and Thanksgiving and those times when we get together with our families, take the initiative. Read the Christmas story before you let them open up the presents. Tell them about Jesus. Last night, Janice and I took Grayson down here to the living nativity. We started trying to explain to him what all that was. Burks has a, a great living nativity set that you can drive through. And uh, it was just awesome, you know, because then we were able to talk to him and, and tell him about the story of Jesus in a unique way. We've got to take the opportunities that we can to share with them about the light of Jesus Christ. Give them gifts that will lead them to the light. Think about that. What kind of a gift can I give them that they will like but will lead them to Jesus? You know, we think about all these other things and the electronics and all that stuff, but what can we give them that will help lead them to the light? Don't be afraid to tackle the hard conversations. But rather in love, give them the light of God's Word. Because that's the answer that they're really looking for. They just don't know it. Give a gift to that person who has been mean to you all year. Amen? Think of somebody at work who's just been the honoriest, meanest person all year long and get them a gift and tell them, I love you and Jesus does too. Merry Christmas. And do it from a heart, not out of, out of spite, not out of, well, I'm going to show them, you know. But because you really care about them and want them to have the light of Jesus Christ in their life. You hear what I'm saying? we got to be intentional about bringing the light of Jesus into this dark world. If we don't get intentional about it, it's not going to happen. We've got to be intentional about bringing the light of Jesus into this dark world. Pastor Lord, if you'll come. Not just by saying, but by doing. Amen? People will see what you say more than they hear what you say. Isaiah 9-2 says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. And we know that's Jesus. The prophecy that Jesus was coming. That Jesus was going to shine a light in this dark world. In John 4, it says, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Praise the Lord. The darkness has not overcome the light, and it never will. We need to understand that. We need to comprehend that. That there is no darkness that will ever overcome us. Because we are the light of the world. Because Jesus said it in Matthew 5, 
said, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let's all stand this morning as we come to the conclusion of this service. As we've talked about the light and we've, we've seen that Jesus is that light and then Jesus said that now you are the light of the world. Let us just pray a prayer of dedication right now that God, I want to shine in this dark world. God, not only at Christmas, but throughout the year, throughout all of my life, I want to be the light that comes into the darkness and see it leave. I want to be able to walk into a room. I want to be able to walk into my office at work or into my school and see darkness just run away because I am choosing to be the light of Jesus Christ in that place. Can we pray that prayer this morning? Father, I just ask you right now in Jesus' name, God, that everyone in this place would choose to take the basket off of their light. God, to take it from hiding back behind them to being displayed before all men. God, I pray that you would help us to be the light in this dark world. Lord, that we wouldn't be discouraged by the darkness around us. Lord, we wouldn't be intimidated by the darkness around us. But Lord, that we would be your light that shines in the darkness. And God expels the darkness from our families, from our communities, God, from our schools, from our government, God, from our workplaces, wherever we are, when we walk in, darkness has to flee. And Lord, we would understand that. We would walk in that knowledge and that authority, Lord God, of knowing that your light is stronger and brighter and will never be overcome by the darkness. But yet you're calling us to be those lights that shine. God, those lights like on a Christmas tree, those lights that that just shine and sparkle, that draw all men unto you. Lord, let us be that light that shines in the darkness of this world, Lord. Lord, we're just going to give you all the praise and all the glory for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to sing a song as we conclude today. Pastor Lauren, if you'll lead us in that. You step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see Beauty that made this heart adore you Hope of a life spent with you So here I am to worship Here I am to say
shines in this dark world. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. We love you guys. tune in next week for another great sermon from Grace Point Assembly of God.